And now, Geico Saving Stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you. K-I-R-P Radio! K-I-R-P Radio! Who don't know the meaning of water nor soap? He said, I need bullets. 
Hurry up, run. The dope fiend brought back a spanking shotgun. He went outside, but there was cops all over. Then he dipped into a car, a stolen Nova. Raced up the block doing 83. Crashed into a tree near university. Escaped alive, though the car was battered. Rat-a-tat tatted and all the cops scattered. Ran out of bullets and he still had static. Grabbed the pregnant lady and pulled out the automatic. Pointed out her head, he said the gun was full of lead. He told the cops, back off, for honey, here's dead. Deep in his heart, he knew he was wrong. So he let the lady go and he starts to run on. Sirens sounded, he seemed astounded. And before long, the little boy got surrounded. He dropped his gun, so went to glory. And this is the way I have to end this story. He was only 17 in a madman's dream. The cops shot the kid, I still hear him scream. This ain't funny, so don't you dare laugh. Just another case about the wrong path. Straight and arrow are your soldiers. Care. Good night. Talk about the box, Talk about Rick. K-I-R-P Radio! Good evening. You're listening to the K-I-R-P Radio Show last Friday nights. Last Friday nights of the month with your host, Rocco P. The R-P in K-I-R-P is not for my name. It's not for Rocco P. It's keeping it real with Pudgy Miller. I deeply appreciate that Pudgy lets me use this platform once a month to do a show. Tonight, I'd like to discuss Obamacare from a different perspective. If you have listened before, you've got a pretty good idea about how I feel about the two-party system. And it's easy throughout a cliche uh, yet to say there's one party, not two, which is what I believe thinking you know, that there's there's one party and two factions because most of what would be considered or uh, presented as partisan differences, in other words, party differences, it's to an extremely large degree, almost exclusively form over substance, form over substance. In other words, the Democrats and people who would tend to be, would identify with the label or the movement of being left or progressive largely identify themselves as being against the Republicans or what would be considered right or conservative, right or conservative, then those in the so-called right end of the political spectrum largely identify themselves. People would be 
Republicans and conservatives largely identify themselves as being against or opposed to what would be considered left or progressive. And you know, labels change over time, and of course, parties change. But a lot of people, left, right, and center, and again, we normally have just about half the people think with with Trump being being an outsider, or at least you know, running as an outsider. He didn't have political experience, but of course, you know, being a billionaire, the man was deeply connected. But uh, with Trump's election in 2016, I I. Didn't look up the numbers for tonight's show, but it was—I think it was over 50% of the electorate voted of those who could vote. Normally, it's about 50%, and then it's even less when it's not a presidential election year. Yeah, you know, it dips down to well, we are well under 40%. So, what I'm saying in short is that a lot of people do not vote, and of those who don't vote, some would tend to identify with the left, the so-called left progressive, liberal, others were identified with the so-called right, conservative, you know, Republican, to some degree. But many don't vote, not because they're apathetic. Many don't vote because they know the game is rigged. And I, I could go on and on and on and on and on about that. But tonight's episode is about Obamacare, and the bigger the bigger picture here with Obamacare and the non-repeal of Obamacare. That's uh, that's that's the uh, label for tonight's show, the non-repeal of Obamacare <laughs> and the two-party system. The bigger perspective, what's going on in terms of principle, is it does it's a really beautiful and effective and really provocative and in my in my opinion undeniable illustration in real time now about how the two party system is complete fraud. And when I say complete fraud, the rhetoric is different between the parties, right? The rhetoric, the language they use, but to an extremely large degree, the differences are cosmetic. In other words, once again, those who would be left identify themselves, those left progressive liberal would identify themselves as not being with or in sympathy with the right conservatives, so-called Republicans, Democrats. Uh, that's how the way Democrats define themselves, just not being the other party. And same thing with Republicans. Republicans, people would be Republican or would tend to identify with the right or conservatism or identify themselves as not being left liberal or progressive or, or Democrats. But at the, at the beginning, middle, and the end of the day, the emperor has no clothes. If you remember that story that <laughs> about how uh Taylor had convinced the emperor that only uh you know, only people that, that, that were uh, that were noble could see that you know, his clothes you know were spectacular. So they pretended to give him these invisible clothes and then when the uh, everyone was afraid to say the emperor has no clothes until a child did and the truth came out. And this this whole issue of the patient, patient the patient protection and affordable care act, properly popularly known as Obamacare, this shows this shows I think very dramatically that 
the left versus right divide, a uh, liberal versus conservative, uh, Republican versus progressive. <coughs> the uh, the conflict is is largely bogus. When I say it's bogus, of course, you know, there's many, you'd say millions of people that vote honestly believing that you know, their party uh their party is better than the other. And, and you know, that there would trump at some differences. But whether you look at, you know, something as horrific as abortion, you know, which is murder. I talked about abortion before on the show. Uh, life, I think, does begin at conception. I think it's very clear. I believe the Bible without apology. If you don't believe in Scripture, uh, you'd have to answer the question, then uh, how could you say life doesn't begin when you have brainwaves at an early age, when you have you know, a beating heart early on? So, as uh, the bumper stick would say, it's not a choice, it's a child. But wh- whether we're dealing with abortion or whether we're dealing with Obamacare, uh, people in the two parties, and those then philosophically apart from Republicans and Democrats, you know, when you get to you know, the liberal progressive versus you know, right conservative thing, liberal progressive versus right conservative thing, uh, they say these issues, these issues divide us, they show a difference. And I'd say the, the rhetoric certainly does. In other words, you know, the vast majority of Republicans, especially if you run for a federal office, vast majority of Republicans aren't going to get up there running for, you know, Congress and say that they're pro-abortion. And, you know, the vast majority of, of Democrats aren't going to. Though, though there are there are pro-life Democrats because that, issues, that issue is, uh, is popular. Like people like, like Harry Reid from Nevada claims to be pro-life. Years ago, you had Bob Casey, former uh, governor, deceased Bob Casey, former governor of Pennsylvania, was strongly pro-life. And he had given... He'd given a speech at the National Press Club. You could look that up, do a starpage.com search or a duckduckgo.com search. I don't use the other guy. Uh, but you could use uh, one of those search engines and look up Bob Casey National Press Club. We talked about how it was uh, it was really completely wrong that he was isolated uh, by many Democrats for being pro, strongly pro-life. But in any case... You you look at these issues, and tonight we'll discuss Obamacare in detail. Though the parties say they are diametrically opposed, you know, they're radically opposed, they're completely different. You know, it's Obamacare issue, the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. And, of course, any time you know, this legislation is passed, it's never it's never real. Uh, it's it's always well, what what they call, what they say is real. Uh, it's not what it really is. It's not Patient Protection Affordable Care Act. They named it for it really was be the patient, the patient destruction and unaffordable care act. <laughs> That's what it would be. Uh, but uh, this is this is just a wonderful example of uh, of uh, how the system works. This is just a wonderful example of how the system works. Uh, they present it as left versus right, but when the Republicans have had multiple opportunities to repeal it, uh, they they don't come through. They, they, they just don't come through. Tonight, I, w- I also have found out there will be a special guest on the show. It will be Dr. Greg Brannon, 
former candidate for U.S. Senate, former candidate for the House of Representatives, and we'll discuss this from his perspective as not only a medical doctor, but this was the issue that motivated him to really become a political activist, to really get off his seat, uh, research what the issues were, uh, research what the Constitution says, what it doesn't say. And you know, he's come to certain you know, really you know, very, very refreshing and good conclusions, and that's why it's very difficult for him and people like him to get elected when you realize how the two-party system works. Before, uh, before Dr. Brand comes on, I just want to quote from one piece. This was in The Intercept. March 31st of this year, GOP lawmakers now admit years of Obamacare repeal votes were a sham, were a sham. When you look at Obamacare, you know, really, really quick review of what it was, okay? Obamacare uh, was enacted into law. Obama, well, President Barack Hussein Obama, a.k.a. Barry Satoru, signed it into law on March 23rd, 2010, okay? Passed by Congress. And that was the biggest... You know, overhaul, overhaul of health care, you could argue this is the most expansive outreach to the federal government, period, because it affects so many areas, such as finances beyond health care. Uh, the, uh, the, the Supreme Court invented this as constitutional. They ruled in, in 2012. They invented that it was constitutional. That was in June 28, 2012. And they used the precedent of other bad decisions uh, about... Yeah, states in relation to the federal government. But the reality is this. Uh, the Supreme Court, once again, was wrong because you look in Article 1, Section 8, that has the so-called enumerated functions, what Congress can and can't do. There's never, there's never any, any, any authority for Congress to be involved in health care, number one. It wasn't there. So when they come down, they get a 5-4 decision, which is always mind-blowing because the Supreme Court isn't a mystical, it is, it's not a mystical document, uh, you know, around six pages, depending upon the size of the, of the font you print it on. And the original intent is, is really, really extremely crystal clear. You're very, you know, few things, yeah, you could say we're debatable, it's very, very clear. So they invent this, this, they invent this right to uh, Obamacare. But there's nothing in Article 1, Section 8. Congress was never given authority over health care. You even go back to the founders. Benjamin Rush was a medical doctor, one of the founders. Uh, and he wanted added in the Bill of Rights, which was a negative affirmation over the Bill of Rights, say what Congress can't do, because the anti-federalists were concerned about the expansion of federal power when the Constitution was adopted. And Benjamin Rush at the time wanted an amendment clarifying that the federal government couldn't be involved in health care. didn't. They didn't do it because the majority said it could never happen. <laughs> but beyond that, like let, let's say, let's say theoretically there was there was a right for Congress to be involved, and it's not. It's all fraud. All Medicare, any anything the federal government touches as far as health care is completely unconstitutional, therefore illegal, because the Constitution is the highest law of the land. Therefore, any law passed, federal or otherwise, well, federal law against the Constitution. Is not is null and void. So, but let's say it was there. Let let's say it was there. The, the Roberts ruling back then, June 28, 2012, basically said it's legal because it's constitution because it's a tax. Even on that basis, it was a fraudulent decision for this reason. If that's what they really thought, they would have had to struck it down. They would have had to invalidate and says because it's a tax, it's got to go back to Congress and it's got to originate in the House because Supreme Court doesn't have the power to tax. 
Okay, but this is this is 100 plus plus years of progressive mind control that people, and it's the way I was taught in school, the way the vast majority of people taught that that the Supreme Court has power to make law, and they do not. That they simply do not. And before Dr. Brand comes on, I had mentioned that one article in in uh, in the Intercept, March 31st, 2017. GOP lawmakers now admit years of Obamacare repeal votes were a sham. Okay. Uh, the article starts out like this. Over the last seven years, the GOP has won successful elections by highlighting problems with Obamacare, airing more than $235 million in negative ads, slamming the law, and staging more than 50 high-profile repeal votes. In 2016, every major Republican presidential candidate, including Donald Trump, campaigned on campaign on a pledge to quickly get rid of it. That's interesting because right after SCOTUS, right after the Supreme Court invented a right to Obamacare, then presidential candidate Willard Mitt Romney, he didn't say repeal. The day he had a press conference after the Roberts Court invented a right to Obamacare, then Willard Mitt Romney came with a new phrase that's been used to this day, and that's repeal and replace. In other words, then the Republicans said they weren't just going to get rid of it. Then somehow, when it was supposedly legal, they had to also replace it. Uh, Republicans, uh, such as, uh, here, here we go, Representative Mo Brooks, Republican Alabama, said we have Republicans who do not want to repeal Obamacare. He said they may have campaigned that way, they may have voted that way a couple of years ago and it didn't make any difference, Brooks continued. But now that it makes a difference, there seems to not be a majority, the, the majority support we need to pass legislation that we passed 50 or 60 times over five or six years. I could have pulled up another article. There's well over 30 votes to repeal or defund Obamacare, either in part or in the whole. And of course, when Republicans controlled the House under Obama, they could have defunded it, and they refused to do so. So this, this, uh, this issue of Obamacare is really very important for this reason. Many people, particularly on the so-called right, and it should be some on the left, but even though they like it, but they should see that it's all a fraud. The, the, the two-party system is a scam because they never, they never intended to get rid of it. They never intended to get rid of it. Let's see if Dr. Brandon is still there. Dr. Brandon, are you there? Yes, I am, Rocco. I'll just send you a beautiful dissertation. <laughs> coming from you, coming from you, sir. That is that is a true compliment. <laughs> It's just so beautiful how you articulate it, Rock. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm going to say yes all day, but you and I know, I mean, Republicans ran to get rid of Social Security in 1940. Republicans ran against <laughs> to get rid of, uh, you know, uh, Medicare and Medicaid. Republicans ran against uh, uh, the Department of Education. Uh, it's, it's the same carrot. They run, the, the big one is they run to get rid of abortion so they could change a vote yeah. from five, you know, get, get a vote. When, the, when, when, when you look back at the history of, of Roe v. Wade, it was a vote of seven, seven to two, and at the seven, five were Republicans. Uh, yep. But you articulated so beautifully about the enumerated powers that the problem is we do not, we do not hold them, as, as Henry said and, and Jefferson said, we must chain them for the mischief. And we don't because we're ignorant on purpose. No, well, well, well said. I know yeah, there's, there, you have a wealth of knowledge, especially in this area. The first thing I like you, I'd like you to discuss. I know it, it'd be tough to do it succinctly, but I know in your transformation from a concerned citizen to an activist, this issue 
really gripped you and and what did you see when you studied this when before this became law and then became law what 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 were some of the issues that that motivated you to oppose it yeah being a being a doctor at OBGYN since 1988 and and watching healthcare the, always the head the headaches in healthcare because of government regulations and uh, under the bush administration it was the medicare part d the largest uh, influence into our, our personal life and health care until this thing. And so what it was me personally was it was this was the main issue because I was a doctor. But to me, the main issue was the Constitution being spit upon. Uh, as I, as I joked, as you know, I said, you know, they, they use it. It's not even like toilet paper. At least they use toilet paper. They don't even use this. They, they say they do. They, 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 they use the document in all their campaigns, but they don't act that way. And so that with Morocco, this was the, the, the to me it was all these events. When I ran for U.S. Senate, we know we lost I think by three points to Tom Tillis uh, before for a runoff, is because all the issues we're discussing were unconstitutional functions. But the Obamacare, the thing that's really about that, Morocco, and we talked at length about this, I believe what's going to bond us in the future is medical liberty. If one does not yep. own one's body, that. That, to me, is going to break the DR paradigm, the conservative, liberal paradigm, all that garbage, because you have to just know who owns your body. And they, they, and when I say they, the R's and the D's, I've talked to high-ranking Republicans for you know, eight, nine, ten years. They all want to have a large government. They just want to control it. So to me, it was, it's personal because I, life is personal, and that, that was my biggest thing. So – you, you, you talk about you talk about then yeah medical uh, yeah medical freedom, and I agree with you. I think yeah some people will, will uh, deride. They use the word, they, they talk about uh, drugs, and uh, they'll demonize. You know they'll castigate castigate marijuana, and obviously the federal government's another area they have no right being over. But people, politicians, at the federal and state level will beat up marijuana and they'll say, well, it's a, great, it's a gateway drug. They're saying, well, that they'll say, claim they have studies, they have proof that people that use marijuana will then use worse drugs. And the reason they said it is because, you know, there's just not a whole lot of proof at all that marijuana is bad. If anything, you could say used in the right way medicinally, you know, there's many, many good benefits, and apart from, you know, we won't get there tonight, and apart from industrial hemp, which you don't smoke. But the point is, I agree with you. I think medical freedom, it's a gateway issue to broader freedom and liberty because I think, yeah, that there's a lot of people out there that there's there's particularly, uh, there's a lot of mommies out there that whose children have been damaged by vaccines and they trusted, they trusted the medical establishment. And again, I know, yeah, we, we won't go down there tonight because there's, there's so much that could be said, but they trusted the medical establishment, as you all know, far better than me. The whole schedule, how they've expanded. Uh, yeah, years ago, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They'd say even uh, an expectant mother shouldn't even be vaccinated. They shouldn't be inoculated. Then they changed right. that. Yep. So yep. a lot of mommies have trusted the doctors, and then the children yep. have gotten uh, become autistic, and they do a little research or a lot of research, and they say, hey, there's this thing among other things, this thing called thimerosal, which is you know a type of mercury. <laughs> and yeah, the science yep. is a lock out there. So then, the, these moms get super motivated, and yeah, they wouldn't necessarily want to talk about uh, drug freedom. They wouldn't necessarily want to would care about you know the privately owned Federal Reserve that you know privately owned uh, banking cartel controls c- currency and credit in the United States. They wouldn't care about Obamacare, but they find out about you know that their children 
have been damaged in a horrible way, and they were lied to. And then they yeah. start to think, what else have I been lied to about? <laughs> and, that's the, and that's the thing, Rock, you're talking about there is, is we're risking the idea of what, you know, we've talked about many times is I, the question that got me going way back when was, what is a legitimate role of a government? Society was around before government. Society is, is, is just you and I, relationships, families, communities. And, and that's why I believe the declaration is the key thing, Rocco, is that in second paragraph declares what a legitimate government does. It protects the individuals and their rights, not the collective. And, and when we start looking at all the enumerated functions, it changed the federal government, not you and me. But because yep. the progressive model's taken over, and the progressive guys are not Democrats. They're not Republicans. They're big government people. They're both. Uh, so if you look at that idea of what they did with the FDA, you look at the, what they've done with not with the legal wars, what they've done with currency, it's ever it's, you add this stuff up. I think we're afraid to be free. Our Schopenhauer, who uh, you actually introduced me to Hegelism way back when, when I really don't understand that at all. Uh, Hegel was the big the big uh, pro state Prussian in the 1830s, 1850s, and how you talked about this the. the the the, um, this, this idea of the thesis and the antithesis and the synthesis to move yeah, over dialectic. to the state being God, and that dialectic maneuver and Schopenhauer was his was his his enemy in that debate, and Schopenhauer said this and, and he said he goes the three greatest blessings of life are not recognized, such as health, youth, and freedom until they're lost, and I think that's my passion is I want people to be healthy. That's so why I became a physician. I want them to experience their youth because it, it, you know you know Christ says come to us as a child. And, and, and then the idea of freedom is to truly be free, one must act free. And if we actually act, act at the, if we actually live at the behest of another, that is slavery. And we've replaced God with government. We've replaced the idea of the creator, you and I, in his image, to be bound under this big monolithic thing. And you and I know, we study this together, where you could read Dewey, you could read Wilson, where they said clearly, we want to eliminate Eliminate the father, make the make the um, make the, the the safety of the father, eliminate God, make the government the God, because that's that's what we become. And the sad part is, it's very hard because I think the American experiment is worth fighting for. The American experiment, as we talked about, free association, true private property, non-aggression, a true a true free market based upon um, a gold standard, that has led to true prosperity. But the idea that crony capitalism replaced that is. That's why people are running to the Ron Pauls or the Bernie Sanders. They're, the youth, the youth is because they want to have something different because they do not see the difference between the D's and R. And you, I listen to you talk, and you said the great thing about Obamacare, the ACA, was because it exposed Republicans to the free fraud because they could get rid of it multiple ways. You said it very clearly. The House could defunded it back in 2010, 11, 12. They could have defunded it themselves, Article 1, Section 7, Clause 1. The Senate could have voted this time when they got the Senate in 14. And now at the president, bingo. It's an excuse. But, Barack, this is real important. Let's not keep going focus on D.C. Let's focus on Raleigh. Let's focus on, um, on Tallahassee, on Sacramento. Because you and I know the ultimate check and balance is the state. Is superior to the federal government in non-enumerated functions. Tomorrow, let's use an example, uh, Rocco. Tomorrow, North Carolina legislators could pass abortion is not in Article One, Section Eight. Therefore, it's null and void in North Carolina. Where are the leaders of the pro-life movement saying no. that in North Carolina? Their 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 argument is let's let's go to the Supreme Court and beg five people to change their mind. Yeah, no, no. I I, I mean, obviously, you're uh, you're preaching to. The philosophical choir. Uh, I, I I completely agree with you. I mean, even when you look at the failure, as you said, you know, jumping on abortion for a moment, 
not only when you looked at seven two decision Roe versus Wade and the majority you know five were Republicans, you look at you know Reagan being in power four years h w four years w eight years, and they can't get it and let, let let's say it did happen let's say it did and neither you or I we know it's not going to but let's say it did let's say it did. And another another reason they lie to the another way they lie to the people, including Christian conservatives, is they make people think that the number of Supreme Court justices is fixed. As where if you really yes, believe it's it was murder, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just you just you just have recess appointment. Even Reagan, with with you had Democrats back then. I don't know how many that were pro-life. All he could have had to do, correct me if I'm wrong, is yeah, you know, throw out five or six or seven recess appointments, and that would force an up or down vote, right? Yep, just exactly. we're forcing up and down road, right? And, 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 and here's here so, the – and Rocco, we tied it together. In Article One, Section 8, Clause 8 of the Constitution, all inferior courts in the Supreme Court, that means the court, appellate right. and district courts, are at, yeah. the, are at the behest of Congress. Congress could actually yeah. just ignore or defund every one of those. Of course they could, yeah. Yeah, could write them out of existence. But, but even if they did get this – even if they did pull it off mm-hmm. with the Supreme Court mm-hmm. – they could. That would just mean that they could reverse it again. So, it, it's just they give us they give us these false choices, and that's that's really the essence of the two party system. Is everything? It, it's a false choice. I I, I appreciate John uh, uh, John Whitehead, the Rutherford Institute, because he'll call voting in general. He'll say it's the it's uh, the illusion of participation, and I have a different nuance. I borrowed someone else's phrase, and I believe it's the illusion of choice because you do participate. Mm-hmm. It's not illusion of participation, but the participation doesn't give you <laughs> a real choice. Like, but, uh, but, I can't yeah, agree more, and, and it's on purpose. Like Mark Twain said, if voting made a difference, yeah. they couldn't do it. But well, that's the yeah. problem, though. What what number of people, if we just said no to this? See, that's my question is, when has the government ceased being legitimate? Is it when yeah. it breaks its oath? So we have so much – and that's also too, Rock. I believe it's very important that every law must be based on God's natural law. Otherwise, it's positivism, and positivism is just a rule of bend. So when I hear, um, you know, great scholars talk like, you know, um, the Paul Tano talks about in 1937 in the Carolyn case that footnote four led to the economy being underneath the government, or you know, the stare decisis of a certain decision. We're not based upon precedent. Precedent is yeah. a nightmare because precedent is based upon the rule of bend. That's why it's important yeah. to go back to the original intent. And you and I had that long talk. The coup occurred when James Madison overthrew the Arnold Confederation. The Arnold Confederation, yeah. I hope your, your, your listeners know, the Arnold Confederation yeah. was our first constitution. It was the embodiment of the Declaration. And for those who want to know what kind of constitution it was, no power to tax, no president, no Supreme Court, and term limits. How wonderful would that be today? Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, yeah, you just... Yeah, uh, someone has said, you know, the purpose of a history textbook is to indoctrinate, it's not educate. And that's true because the idea, you don't look at history like uh, a physical science, like, you know, physics or biology or chemistry, where, you know, there'd be, you know, there's a certain set of rules. It's not, it's not set in stone. History obviously reflects, you know, certain things that happen, and obviously there's different views. But the progressives really did win over 100 years ago. Because once they got control of uh, education and they really made it federal slowly but surely, this is what we get. I mean, I'll, I'll throw out an example. Good, good Christian friend of mine, 
uh, when I was talking with him a couple of years past, you know, the guy's a patriot, I was talking to him about education, and I basically said what, what we really have to do is we just have to get the state, we have to completely divorce the state from education, kind of like you, know, you look at you look at the First Amendment to the Constitution. Congress shall make no law respecting the established religion nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof, and I'm sure you have the rest memorized. I don't right now. But if we had... Uh, and and yeah, again, we don't need the negative article to do it if they just follow what was there. But that's the idea. If we we could, if, the, if Congress would just realize, okay, Congress should make no law respecting establishment of education or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, it'd be over. But right now, they mm-hmm. control the narrative. With my friend, with my friend, that I was talking about when I told him when I first told him a few short years ago that you know I, come to, I came to the conclusion that this, there should be absolutely no government schools, what people like to call euphemistically public education. Yeah, he was horrified. He thought, well, yeah, what's going to happen with those children? And I said, well, overnight, I mean, we don't know exactly what happened, but we have, with a high degree of probability, we could say if overnight all, all state and federal funding was cut off from education, and there was also no regulation. In other words, you wouldn't have to have this idea of licensing of teachers. If the government was completely out of it, overnight you'd probably have tremendously better schools at much more affordable prices. That's what would probably happen. No, but people are so afraid. No. And I remember even though I, I never set foot in a government school, you know, I went to parochial schools, but even I grew up thinking yeah, it'd, be, it'd be horrible if there weren't these public schools. And, and the reality and the is the reverse. Right it is horrible that there are public yeah. schools because the tenth, there are, the they're, they're teaching the worldview. They're indoctrinating the children. Yeah. And so then people right. grow up in that system and and you or I or uh, you know other other people attempt to yeah release them from that and then we're seen yeah we're seen as beyond yep. radical. <laughs> yep, the the tenth plan of communism is government schools. Period. So that just that just tells you how, how far we've fallen, and that's why it's so beautiful to have this debate because the system. I don't believe the public school system is the government run school systems failed. They did exactly what they wanted to do. They wanted to have a certain elite being trained classically to be leaders over the ones at the table. Come back in a few moments after a brief break. How many more innocent people? How many more? How many more? What has been the number one cause of unnatural death in history? Democide, or death by government, has killed 290 million people on record. Look it up. Go look it up. In the 20th century, government murdered four times as many people as were killed in all the international and domestic wars combined. USSR, 61,911,000 people killed. Hitler's Germany, nearly 21 million people killed. Japan's imperialism, nearly 6 million people killed. Western colonization killed over 50 million people. Pol Pot's Cambodia, funded by the U.S. government, 2 million people killed. China's Communist Party, as many as 76 million people killed between 1949 and 1987. And the list goes on and on. Demand to know why the Department of Homeland Security bought more than 1.6 billion hollow point bullets. How many more people does government have to kill? Enough. Enough. Demand an end to citizen disarmament. As an American. As an American citizen. As a patriot. For your children. Enough of the people laying down and letting government kill them in mass 
after disarming them as they've done throughout history over and over again. Now is the time. It's time. It's time to realize that when the government takes your guns, people die. It's time to realize the biggest threat to you and your family is government. It's time to recognize government is the greatest killer of all time. Demand they show you the word hunting in the Second Amendment. Demand our politicians uphold the Constitution and Bill of Rights as they swore to when they took office. It's time for our leaders to read the Constitution. It's time for our leaders to obey the Constitution. The Constitution. The Constitution. Because a well-regulated militia with 10-round magazines wouldn't last very long. So now you know the most dangerous thing to you and your family in the world is government. Because mass murderers agree, gun control works. North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. K-I-R-P Radio! You're listening to the K-I-R-P Radio Show last Friday nights of the month with your host, Rocco. P just had some technical difficulties. Dr. Bren, if you are there, please do call back in. And do we have another caller? 
Yeah, how you doing, man? Good, good. May I have your name and tell me which state you live in, please? Hey, this is Naj. I'm in Atlanta. How's it going? Yeah, I'm all right. about you? Pretty good. Pretty much better than I deserve. <laughs> okay. I don't know how you get there, man. You better take every damn joy you get. <laughs> every piece of Well, I'm... I'm a Christian, so I think I'm forgiven. So I think if I was getting what I deserved, it'd be a whole lot worse. So what's going on? Not so much. I saw the title of the show, so I wanted to see what you guys were talking about and how y'all were getting to it. Well, I was talking about Obamacare. If you notice, the Republicans have uh, spent a whole lot of time and money identifying themselves as the party that was going to repeal Obamacare. And uh, that has not happened. When the Republicans controlled the House of Representatives, they had the ability to defund it. And that did not happen. They passed, in part or in whole, I believe about 30 times, in part or in whole, they passed legislation where Obama was, was in office to repeal it or repeal part of it or defund it. And whenever it got to Obama's desk, he always, uh, of course, was vetoed. Now, the Republicans control not just the House, but the Senate and the White House. And they're still coming up short. And my take is this. This is a beautiful illustration of the fraud of the two-party system. If the Republicans are real and they're not, the first thing, the first thing would happen when Trump was in office. It would have been done away with. And I would further add this. You don't have to replace with anything. They started to use this phrase, repeal and replace, when Willard Mitt Romney was running in 2012 after the Supreme Court invented this as as a right. Then Willard, Willard Mitt Romney started saying repeal and replace. Um, the Republicans had voted a bunch of times for a clean repeal. In other words, no replace. You could talk about it if you, you're going to do anything else later on. But they can't do it. And I think that shows most of what goes on in, D- in, in D.C. is complete theater. What do you say? Yeah. Well, I mean, you had high theater last night, uh, John McCain getting his payback uh, for some of the things Trump has said about him over the years. Looks like he finally got his day, you know, to kind of give his, his little uh, kiss back. But uh-huh. honestly, man, neither party has the actual answer on this. Because there's so much money in, you know, the, the healthcare industry, pharmaceutical industry, uh, who lobby heavily uh, to keep things as they are and to make sure that they continue to reap the huge profits that they do. Uh, this goes back to Teddy Roosevelt. He was fighting against the healthcare industry. They beat him then, and they've been beating everybody else who wanted to touch it ever since. Uh, Obamacare was written, you know, largely with the healthcare industry's insiders in the room, damn near with the pen in their hand. So, yes, it's going to heavily favor them. Uh, It was a start, but there's a lot of things people disagree with, individual mandate being uh, number one on most people's list. Now, the the question just simply becomes after a while, okay, how do we get a system of getting people care for less? Why are we paying way more than the rest of the world and still, for the most part, don't have access to real care? And – the answer is the corruption that's built into the system. It doesn't matter which party is in there. They both will have a difficult time getting Americans a square deal because their interests lie in the people who come into the room with them and donate money. 
So, you know, we, we're dealing with this right now, and people thought this was an ideology problem of, oh, okay, we'll just vote the Repubs in after they said they'll repeal and replace. Well, <laughs> you look up after all this time and you realize, oh, <laughs> they're in on it too. So Obamacare, which is a, you know, which is a conservative plan. Remember, this came from the, uh, you know, the uh, Heritage Foundation. Uh, this was the answer to Hillary Care back in the 90s. So, like, this is not some kind of leftist, crazy Marxist plan. No, this is a way to make sure the healthcare industry is still able to reap huge profits. And we're going to have to deal with that sooner or later, because at this point, uh, $88,000 for heart surgery in America, second highest New Zealand, $48,000. Uh, a child care, uh, a childbirth in America, average $10,000, child care, average birth, child care, I mean, childbirth average in France and Germany, $300. Like, these are things we have to actually explore. Yeah. I, I guess, you know, my, uh, my, my, my position is, uh, is pretty different is that I look at, I look at it a couple of different ways. Number one, that as far as the Constitution is still the highest law on the land, the federal government has no right to be involved. The more the federal government gets involved, I think, in any market, uh, invariably the worse it gets. It drives, you know, basically increases cost and decreases the quality. The whole plan with Obamacare, you mentioned the, the individual mandate, uh, what they want, and this, this has come out directly and indirectly, they want a single-payer system. Now, they couldn't get that in one shot because enough people in the states realize that that would not be beneficial because you can just look at examples Canada and uh, the U.K., in the United Kingdom. Well, Canada have doesn't people. have single payer, and the UK has way better outcomes than we do. And also, we got to be well, careful we don't we don't put our own rhetoric into things as we're laying them out as factual. Like you just said, yeah. they want single payer. Well, the people right. who wanted Obama to do single payer, he took it off the table when he had all control of uh, powers right. of of, uh, of government there. So he took it off well, the table voluntarily because he doesn't well, want it. Well, I'm just saying that this has gone down. They talked about this in the 60s. You know, the big foundations want this. The big foundations have us play at the popular level, left versus right, and they get their way. It's just like the Republicans, the way I started out the show and what I said to you before. If the Republicans were really against it, it'd be gone, but they're not. They're playing us. Uh, they're playing us. The individual mandate was a horrible, a horrible thing. Because if someone can't afford insurance, what it does, it says, well, what we're going to do is we're going to tax you, we're going to penalize you. So is someone healthy because they're paying the government more money for not having insurance? No, it's, it's insane. They do want a single-payer system. I didn't, I didn't pull up all the articles tonight. You, you could research that. There's a great documentary out there called Wait Until It's Free, and they've tried that. They've been, they tried it in the 60s with uh, the Rockefeller Foundation pushed it. Uh, they tried to get this program in under Clinton with Hillary Clinton. They couldn't get. It. So Obamacare is a sir, transitional. Sir, sir, America transitional has program. never tried to get single payer in. No, single payer. No, that's no, what. Well, yeah. let me just because because look, we got to sure. be careful. YouTube documentaries sure. are not historically accurate, yeah. and for the most yeah. part, you can't find the sources on them because usually you're talking about somebody's well, opinion. Well, Teddy Roosevelt yeah. was pushing single payer to follow von Bis uh, Bismarck in Germany, who was pushing single payer. And it yeah. failed because the healthcare industry doesn't want it. Yeah. In America, why did they put that individual mandate in with Obamacare? Because they wanted the young people, 20-somethings, who typically don't care about healthcare, as I did when I was in my 20s. They wanted to get them in the price pool. Why? Because you need more healthy people in the pool right. to drive prices down. 
But if you're in your 20s, you say, the hell with it. I'll just pay the damn fine. I'm not yeah. paying for health care. So they couldn't get enough people in the pool, and now you see the problems that they're having now. Yeah. But we got to be careful with, like, some of these things that are being said out here just aren't accurate. Well, I'll, I'll just I'll, – I'll, I'll, I'll go back. I'll, I'll go back, okay? I don't, I don't want to step on you. But the no, no, we're, we're good, man. I'm not trying okay. to be angry. I'm just okay. got my coffee, okay. and, you know, we're good. Okay. The, the documentary <laughs> mentioned is wait until, wait until it's free. The guy, it's not a YouTube documentary. I don't think it's even on YouTube. The guy sold it. He's made a couple other ones. He made one called Indoctrination about the, the uh, public school system. And it just, they quote a number of people. Again, I didn't, I didn't approach the show from this angle tonight. But it's well documented that people, it wasn't just, it wasn't just uh, people who were around Obama. People have wanted a single-payer system. They knew they couldn't get it in one shot. So this is the deal with Obamacare. You may not believe me. This is the deal with Obamacare. Obamacare was designed to fail. And when it fails, the solution isn't going to be free market reforms, because right now, for example, and this was the case before Obamacare, you can't have what the state determines, like in North Carolina, where I live, how many health insurance companies can function. There's no interstate uh, competition. So if that was eliminated overnight, that would bring prices down, but they don't want that. So Obamacare was Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on one second. Please let me finish. This is what I mean. Please let me finish. Please let me finish. Obamacare is designed to fail. Obamacare is designed to fail, and the solution is going to be more government. The Republicans are complete frauds and liars because they won't get rid of it. They want it to okay, fail, just, and they're going to give just us more, they're going to give us more government. Like, I'm, and, I'm not disputing one, that. No, just one, one, one more thing yeah, I won't you didn't touch that. on before. The Constitution, gotcha. which has no right, there's no power of the Congress to be involved in this. It's illegal. The Supreme Court invented it. It's illegal. It's, it's completely illegal. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I wasn't trying to interrupt you there. I was trying to yeah. stop you at certain points so we can make sure we get everything laid out. Okay, first of all, this whole free market thing people keep saying. Yes, there was a provision in Obamacare where you could trade across states or you could compete across states. Uh, the, the problem was the insurance companies didn't want to do that, so they never uh, triggered the provision. Uh, Georgia, uh, Alabama, and a few other states were the main ones where after they brought up the argument, they said, okay, you can if you want to. And the insurance company said, hell no, because they wanted their own market share, and they didn't want to get in a space to where they were competing. And then this is the other thing, man. We can't put our ideology onto problems and then work from there. No, you go to the problem, and if your ideology fits it, that's fine, but sometimes it's not going to fit. And healthcare is one place that, like, we can't just say, okay, free market, that'll fix it. No, that doesn't work. You can't, like, okay, I'll put it to you like this. It will work. I'll put it to you like this. It will work. With breakfast cereal you're willing to say, you know, I'll go to the Kroger brand of Fruit Loops instead of buying Fruit Loops. But with health care, you're not going to go to your discount doctor because your child is sick. You're worried about your child. You yeah. want the best care yeah. that you can get. So free market doesn't really work with health care, and we got to be, like I said, man, ideology can't drive the thinking. Yeah. you got to use well, the ideology I, as, you know, as it's I don't think you, supposed I, to naturally yeah, I don't think go. I you're going to agree with me. Obamacare has driven up costs. They lied. Uh, uh, President Obama, you can pull up the video if you don't remember, he lied and he said it's going to cost less than your doctor. You can keep your doctor. Not just that. He said the cost. He said he said it's going to cost less than your cell phone bill. He lied. Obamacare. Oh, the, oh, facts oh, are the great disclaimer it's driven, was if all of these up, people get into the pool, we'll br- bring the price down. Okay, dude, you can't assume he, everybody's going to sign in. So, yeah, that, that, was, a, that, was, a, that was a wonderful political lie. Yeah, he didn't, yeah. He didn't, it, it goes beyond that. And he didn't qualify it because if he that. said that, people would have been against it. 
Yeah, you, you right. get on. So, he so you, you, admit it based, you admit it was based upon a lie. Beyond that, you look at what's happening. Oh, the insurance man, he companies helped write Obamacare. The insurance companies helped write Obamacare. Yep. And exactly. already insurance companies are pulling out of it. Like in Florida, you only have one choice. It's Blue Cross Blue Shield. You already have 10 states that have completely – it's been de- it's designed to fail. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to convince well, well, that. Well, see, that, but, that's, mean, the, that's the part yeah. where I think Republicans are getting it wrong when they say designed to fail. No, here's the issue. If you have a party who's campaigned for seven years on saying they're going to repeal something, what, do every, what does every industry and huge mega corporations say? They like certainty within a market. So if that party sweeps into power, you say, wait a minute, we got to be careful. We don't know if we're going to go next yeah. quarter because this group might actually defund this right. or repeal this. So yeah. the confusion that was brought upon the market was because the Republicans campaigned hard on repeal, and then they get in, and they're just letting it go and letting it go and letting yeah. it go. So it's well, – you know what I mean? Well, that, obviously, that's that's obviously actually bad governance. The, Republican, the Republicans have lied, too, since they haven't repealed. But, hey, I, thanks for calling in. i got to run. i got to call But if you want to see, yo, what was... Hey, thank you for calling. May I have your name in the state you're from? Yeah, this is Pianchi. And What's I couldn't pick a better guy to follow. Nodge. I, I pull Nodge. I'm calling from Missouri. <laughs> And I agree with your assertion. There's nothing constitutionally that says that yeah. the federal government is supposed to get in the business of no. insurance, health insurance. No. And, you know, here's another thing. When this all began, you could be exempt for religious reasons. Now they have upped the ante on that. You have to belong to some ministry that has that deals with health plans. I didn't it know is that. totally – yes, it is. If you look up the wow. exemptions. Another slick thing that Obama done, he increased the the threshold for poverty. Poverty thresholds, 38% higher than where it was. So what did that do? That raised the threshold up beyond $30,000, and it also included able-bodied men. Why in the world would you have some plan like that? Now, I stay in Missouri. Missouri didn't go for the Medicaid expansion, which I am happy they didn't do. Now, here's another point. You know that the deductible for the individual plan, the bronze plan, which is the cheapest there is, and we're talking about people that uh, we ain't talking about poor. We're talking about people that you know that's got raised in a family and don't have a decent income. They're paying three hundred fifty-one dollars thirty-three cents for the individual, or seven hundred twenty-two dollars and twenty-five cents a month just for the deductible. The national average for the premium is $669 a month. You're talking about nearly $1,500 a month for something you may not even use. Yeah. It is totally ridiculous. No, no. People want to be, you know, last caller was talking about ideology, and a lot of people just can't think clearly. It's like I said with the individual mandate. Uh, How, if you're an individual in the States, and you can't afford health care. How are you healthier by paying a fine to the federal government? It, it, it's insane. It, it doesn't insane. make any the, sense. No. Nah, nah, the, co- the costs have gone up. The co- I'm sure you've seen the costs have, have dramatically increased. So Obama gets out there. He lies and says it's going to cost less than your cell phone bill. Now you see what's happened. The cost has skyrocketed, yeah. and that's what's always going to be Let me add case. some other things well, here real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Have you ever heard of the local – have you ever heard the standard cost of living that the IRS allows? For instance, if you have tr- 
tax problems and you want to go through the process and say, look, you're taking too much of my money. Well, they got tables, which is based on the state you live in, on what they would allow you to say that you need. Let me go over some of these things. For instance, on a national, the local standards for housing and utilities is $1,624 a month. That's in East Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh Car ownership for two cars, $970 a month. Operating costs for those two cars, $430 a month. Clothing, food, housing supplies for three people, that is if you have a mother, father, and a child, $1,378 a month. They have another allowance for out-of-pocket costs. It all comes up to $4,451 a month, not including Obamacare. (laughs) You add Obamacare in there, you up around $4,6500 a month, $6,000 a month. Yeah. That is a well, lot of money for people to come not, up with every month to try to live. Here, here, plus, here, here, wait a minute. Here, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And plus, no, suppose here, you want to save you, for you your child's know. education. Mm-hmm. So you want to just save mm-hmm. for your child's education. You know, states yep. have these plans where you can put away, like, I know in Texas, $135 a month. When your child is first born, when they get to 18, they can go to any state college free. Add that mm-hmm. if you got two child, it's two hundred and seventy dollars a month more to what we just came up with. <laughs> here, here, here's something else you probably know since you studied the issue. A lot of people don't don't see just how you know what a financial disaster it is. People go in, and some people that are low income, if they can't, yeah, if the the math doesn't work out, they can't get Medicaid. They get Obamacare, and you know some of them have low premiums, some have zero dollar premiums. What people, what a lot of people outside the program don't realize is this: that haven't looked at it, they get these tax subsidies. What the government gives, the government could take away. So right away, I would say, practically, you absolutely right. Point. Yep, practically, not a philosophical point. If Obamacare was real, if any government program, not just the Patient Protection and Unaffordable Care Act, was real, you wouldn't need any tax subsidies. The mere fact that you have tax subsidies shows it's complete, it's totally concocted. Furthermore, the poor people that are using it, not necessarily poor financially, but you know, poor that are you know, sucked in, they don't realize until it happens that you have what the government gives, the government could take away. These mm-hmm. people have to have these, they have these onerous, detailed paperwork requirements that if they don't put that in, then overnight their subsidy could be eliminated. So I, I know there's been stories. Absolutely someone, right. yeah, yeah, someone's paying eighty or sixty or eighty bucks a month. Then next month they're paying twelve hundred. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the federal yeah, government says, right. "We're sorry, the paperwork, you didn't, you the didn't paperwork comply." That, <laughs> the paperwork that goes along with subsidies is tremendous, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why come some states like Missouri didn't want to get into the Medicaid expansion because they know. The federal government at any time in the future can renege on their yep. promises. Now a state is left with the entire bag. Yep. No, it's, now, it, here's it, another it, it, point. It, it, yeah, go ahead. I like your show. Mm-hmm. You know, a few years ago, the cry was about Social Security and Medicare running out of money. Mm-hmm. That is something that people pay for and expect to receive at the point in the future when they reach that point in their age bracket. Where yep. is the concern about Social Security and no. Medicare? Why no. are we spending 
all this money on Medicaid, a state program, when you need to be shoring up something that people have worked hard for and paid into to make sure that it is viable? No, you're you're absolutely right. And when you realize this stuff, this is what makes you look beyond the left-right stuff that keeps us distracted and you realize, you know, it's one team. And you probably know this. People people talk about the deficit now where they say it's like, you know, 20, 21 trillion or whatever. And Obama, you know, Obama's deficits are bigger than Bush's, you know, uh, Trump's are bigger. Uh, he's he's on track. But this is the reality. When people look at that number where it's up to 21 trillion or whatever, they don't consider what you just mentioned, and that's the so-called unfunded liabilities. People unfunded liabilities. Absolutely. People think 121 people, trillions. There you go. Yeah, right. The, the math, the math is so astronomical. I've heard anywhere from like yeah, 68 to 100. Yeah, it's, it's so it's beyond it's beyond countable. It's, it's beyond numbers. And the point is, the system the system is going to eventually collapse. It's designed to do so. But the, the average hardworking people, left, right, or center, whatever their political views or a political views are, they do believe, like you said, it's like okay, well, they've coerced me. Uh, you know, they had this thing called the withholding tax for income tax, and uh, you got Social Security tax. They think, okay, well, at the end, at least, you know, I'll have that Social Security and Medicaid. And the reality is what you put in is immediately expended. Most people don't realize that. It's a Ponzi right. scheme. You mean Medicare. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, Medicare, yeah, Medicare. Now, let me yes. tell you something. Social else. Security, too. Social Security, too. Yeah. Immediately, what you put in is immediately spent. And uh, yeah, it's, absolutely it, right. it's just a cry and shame is that a lot of people can't think, like the last caller, they still don't realize how evil the people, the elites are, that they're doing this full well-knowing where it's going, full well-knowing. Well, i got two more points I want to make. Sure. Go ahead. And you're absolutely right. I believe there's an effort, and you just can't put your finger on it, to destroy the United States yeah. the way we, we, it was designed mm-hmm. to well, the simplistic way on how it was designed to work. But let's look at something else. If people know that they have a health problem and they go out and engage in activities or consumptions that's detrimental to the health problem, then they should pay more. And let me give you an example. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you have a health problem and you go out and call up Emos and order a pizza, and that pizza you want to have extra cheese and so 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 so. Well, that should be some way to tie into your responsible habits, where they come up and say, "Well, you know, according to the, this code, you're not supposed to have this, but we can sell it to you, but it's going to cost you five dollars more." Let's yeah. do that. I I I I disagree with you because of Big Brother for this reason. I believe in individual liberty, so. Let people eat, smoke, drink, let them do whatever they want. However, however, insurance companies should be able to either deny or charge you more for pre-existing conditions. They absolutely should. Uh, that's that's, why I that's, I don't that's want a big, big brother. There. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't want big I agree brother. With you. I don't want them seeing what me and you are eating, not smoking or smoking. I don't smoke anything personally. I don't want them to know extra cheese or non-extra cheese. I don't want them to know any of that. But in talking about it, smoking, yeah. Yeah. The FDA is talking about putting regulations on e-cigarettes. Yeah, I'm sure they will because they want because they want because they want to make more money. It has nothing to do with health, but the reality is the free market will will settle all these issues. But what you're saying they are planning the social control freak engineers. They are planning all of this, and it'll be very easy to do in a cashless society. 
very easy to do. Same thing with cars. They got plans because you probably know they have, you know, the, the driverless Ubers and stuff. They're already mm-hmm. in California and a couple of states already passed laws saying trucks could be driverless. In the future, and somebody in the insurance business already told me this, they're going to transition that. They eventually want no one to be able to know how to drive. It's great control. In, in between now and then, this is the way it's going to work. They're going to use insurance to coerce people. How? How are they going to do that? They're going to go out and they're going to say, when, when, when the, uh, the technology is switching over to go both ways, they're going to say, okay, you can still drive if you want to. However, for that privilege, you're going to have to pay more insurance. So they're going to entice mm-hmm. a lot of people. Just go driverless. And again, then you have a generation of people who grew up with not knowing how to drive, far more control over populace. I mean, that's classic, classic yeah, absolutely right. uh, totalitarian control over, over travel. <laughs> Well, you know, it's one thing that's good about the United States is that uh, American citizens are well armed. And they, I look at Trump. I look at Trump as being the last hurrah. If he's the only one, I think, can turn things and get things back to where it's supposed to be. The man is not an insider. What's going on with the health plan is not his fault because for seven years you've been listening to Congress Republicans say they want to repeal it. So how was he campaigning? He was campaigning based on what he heard them say. Now they had a White House in Congress. He's just waiting on the bill to come to his desk so he can sign it. But you got a few turncoats, McCain one, and these other two women, and maybe one or two other ones, that just not doing what they're supposed to be doing, Yeah. according to their constituents. I, I look I look at a little I look at it yeah kind of more uh, visceral negative than you and that's this is that if the Republicans are real I don't believe they are they would have done a clean repeal like they did you know thirty odd times when Obama was in office roughly yeah you know, to re, to repeal all or part of it they want this replace stuff because they they love the government's power they both love it it was all a sham it it was all a sham. some of the Republicans. Power. Yeah, they love they it. Love the campaign contributions. They, they love it. They love it. They, they, they love, love it. these backdoor taxes. They love it. They all love it. If the Republicans were real, again, the first thing they would have done when Trump was elected, it would have been gone. And even some Republicans, a couple of honest guys, even floated a bill like this. They say, we'll get the clean repeal, and then in one year, then we, then we could decide to replace it if you have to. The whole thing is, this is the way government works. It's one step forward, two steps back. As far mm-hmm. as as far as the power of government versus the power of the people and liberty of the people, once they got this in place, they want it to expand. Therefore, they can't get rid of it. That's why there's never going to be a clean repeal. <laughs> no, because they love well, it. They want it. <laughs> unless you, unless you, I would like to see get the next term. I don't know when these uh, senators that uh, went mm-hmm. against this, these two women and. Uh, I like to see what happens if they was to get knocked out and somebody else takes their place. I would like to see that. Yeah, it, Just, it, it, it's hard. If, if if you I don't know if you listened before and Dr. Brand was on for a segment, but uh, he hit the nail on the head. And I didn't I didn't explore this. I've done some other shows, but the real the real path ahead to really really making things right is to not look to the federal government for, to fix federal problems. Is to really decentralize the power of the federal government, to take the power the federal government has served and stolen from the states, put it back to the state level, take it from the I state agree house, put it back at the county level. And once we start to do that, and the states can do that, the states, uh, Oklahoma, for, it, was, it was Oklahoma, I think it was uh, 
Maybe it was Oklahoma. Oklahoma almost passed a law to make abortion legal. States have that power. They can nullify or impose against the federal government. But the problem is people at the state houses are just corrupt like the, like the folks at the federal level. But that's where the real future is for liberty. If we're ever going to take it back, we're not going to give the federal government to rein itself in. It's going to have to be done to state level, where the state's going to have to step up and say, look, you've been doing this stuff for a long time. It's over. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, I would like to see states like Alabama and Mississippi lead the way in something yep. like that because they got the most soldiers in the military. <laughs> well, it's, the people are at, you have a lot of people in Alabama. You got a lot of older activists, and yeah, they they put they have the time to put into this because it takes hard time to. Yeah, form an organization, get people educated, and then lovingly beat up people in the state house until you get a response. <laughs> well, like you say, this is going to it's going to collapse because oh, it yeah. just it's can't continue to, to go on this yeah. way. Yes, it's These insurance companies keep raising the rates, yeah. and yeah. I feel sorry for those people that fall in that category. You know, we, there's a lot of emphasis on the poor. Well, I think that there should be opportunities for anybody to work themselves out of the poorhouse. Like, for instance, yeah. school choice. I'm African-American, and I know the value of school choice in inner-city schools. Children that are locked into those schools because of the politics of the teachers' union, because of the politics of some vanguard organization like the NAACP, yep. it is terrible what's going on with yep. those kids. And when you have two instances like the one in, o- in Ohio where the lady was facing five years because she put a child in the school district that her father lived in, and another one up on the East Coast, <laughs> if they had had school choice with full vouchers, well, the lady could have been able to pay yeah. for attending those school districts, both yeah. cases. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't follow those. I know, I believe, I know Ohio has some of the most draconian laws in the nation. Ohio says to homeschool, you have to have a teaching license. It's, it's, it's crazy. Ain't that but no, crazy? I, to, to me, this is something else I'm glad you mentioned. We could solve the state level real easy, but we don't have the right leadership, and that's this. Like in North Carolina, it's probably the same in your state. At the state level, they've passed really a Marxist law that says that talks about free public education, which is an oxymoron, it's con- it's contradiction in terms. All we have to do is basically say, okay, North Carolina, wherever, if the state wants to operate schools, I don't think they should philosophically, if they do, just pass the law that says this, the state schools shall not be operated with any tax funds. Boom, they've got mm-hmm. to compete with private schools, and most of them then would, would, would die the death they should do. Getting back to Obamacare, Ezekiel Emanuel was Rahm Emanuel, Rahm the Bully Emanuel, a Chicago mobster, used to be Obama's chief of staff. You're right. He's a medical doctor. Okay, he fought He fought with Gruber over Obamacare. And Ezekiel Emanuel wanted to immediately go to a single-payer system. And Gruber was smarter and, he, and from MIT, and he realized that the people couldn't take that. So Obamacare is designed to demoralize us, speed us up. And again, then the same people that gave us this abomination – the solution will be not less government than the solution is going to be more government. Ezekiel Emanuel, he wrote a piece, I forget, you can look it up. Um, he wrote a piece that said if something to the effect that if you, if you hate the insurance companies, uh, that, that's good because they all, they're all going to go away someday. So he said outright, there's going to be, they're all going to go away, and it's, going to be, it's just going to be the government. And this is where Obamacare is designed to do. It's designed to fail, and then the same corrupt, evil people, that gave us this, their solution will be more government control. And a lot of the people, sad to say, will say, yeah, it, that will work. 
let the same people <laughs> that have done this, let's give them more control. <laughs> well, if it doesn't, if, if I hate to say this, if it doesn't be another civil war <laughs> before all that goes down, because I think there's I some not. Americans out there that's totally sick and tired of the way things are. And uh, I'm sorry. I don't see any other way. Yep. But, uh, you know, we have to see what happens. I think it'd be, be, be done peacefully, I think, if states if states start to do what they have the right to do, and that's interpose and just pass laws, just saying, you know, your laws about health care are irrelevant, your laws about guns are irrelevant. Uh, I think it can be done very, very peacefully. They want us. I think they want to provoke violence because they know then they could basically, they could crack down, they could get even more power. I hope it never comes to that. I'll tell you something else I think I would like to see. I would like to see all street drugs uh, legalized, have dispensers. An addict can go get their fix. It would be safe if they want to sign up for treatment. Let them sign up for treatment. But what does that do? It removes the violence of street sales and distribution. It removes the interaction between these federal agencies and also local agencies because you know what happens when you get in contact with them, even with cash forfeiture. Yep. No, I'm I'm with with you 100%. To me, yeah, because I'm Christian, yeah, I believe the Bible. I believed the illusion, the lie, the war on drugs. It was moral. And the little light bulb went off in my head. A couple of things happened. The light bulb started to go on when I realized, hey, the uh, this so-called war on drugs, all it's doing is basically helping the prison population grow. It's all oh, it's just sure. helping us tra- transform us into a police state. And then I learned mm-hmm. a little bit about the Constitution. And I realized, hey, there's this thing called prohibition in the country. When this country, when the people respected and understood the Constitution more, they realized, and it was well-meaning, but misguided Christian people got. Yeah, prohibition passed. They made alcohol illegal. They realized couldn't just pass a law. They had to amend the Constitution because there was no constitutional authority for the government to mess with alcohol. So they did, and then they repealed prohibition. But the point of my, my point is this: just as there was no, there's no federal power. There's no power in the Constitution for the government to be involved with alcohol. There's none to, for the government to be involved with drugs. This is insane. All these right. federal laws. All these federal laws are illegal. And then the states are crazy. These states are crazy. This is all police states, man. This is all police state measures. They just want to get everyone in the system. It's crazy. It's absolutely You're crazy. Right. But look, man, we could talk for for two days. Thanks. I don't let you get back to your program. Hey, but keep up the good I work. Appreciate I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate Thanks. you too. All right. Have a good night, my friend. You've been listening to the KIRP radio show last Friday nights with Rock OP. We'll take one more commercial break, and then I will wrap up tonight's show. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists then, vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. 
Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. It is my mission to create brand stories for you that push the envelope, force people to stop, think, and take notice. Ride with you on your journey to success by creating great design that makes you look like the originator and not an imitator. Get you out of your comfort zone. Inspire you to take action. Be risky and always stay true to your passion. Tiffany Inc. is located in Los Angeles, California. Tiffany Inc. specializes in designs, creative brands for the entertainment, fashion, beauty, and food industry. Some past and present clients include Jewel Osco, J&K Fresh LLC, celebrity chef Nikki Shaw, teen and family producer Doreen Spencer, the National Association of Veterans, the Alzheimer's Association, and a host of fantastic others. To contact Tiffany Inc., all you have to do is log on to www.tiffanywithaniinc.com. K-I-R-P Radio! You're listening to K-I-R-P Radio Show, keeping a real pudgy miller. I'm your guest host, Rock O.P. Last Friday night's with Rock O.P. I've been talking about the non-repeal of the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, known as popularly known as Obamacare. The Republicans made, have made a lot of noise since this law was passed. The Republicans have made a lot of noise since it, this law has been passed. Uh was signed into law by President Barack Hussein Obama, a.k.a. Barry Satur, on March 23, 2010. The phrase Obamacare was first used by opponents, then supporters used it, and eventually President Barack Hussein Obama, a.k.a. Barry Satur, used it himself. Republicans position themselves as the opposition party to this. However, they attempted to defund or repeal all or part, all or part of Obamacare well over 20 times. I believe it was 30, 30-odd times. They, they did that. It was all theater. It was, it was complete hoax and a lie because they knew when it got to President Obama's desk, he would veto it. If the Republicans were real, they would have done it already, and they could have done it just by controlling the House, because the Constitution is very clear. Section 7, Clause 1 reads, quote, all bills for raising revenue shall originate in the House of Representatives, but the Senate may propose or concur with amendments as on other bills. The Supreme Court waves the magic wand. Roberts' decision says, based upon the precedent of some other horrible decisions, that, yeah, Obamacare is legal because it's a tax, and of course, it's presented to the American public as not being a tax. And even that abominable and disgusting Supreme Court decision was invalid. Because even if Article 1, Section 8 did give Congress the right to pass laws regarding health care, and it, it does not, certainly does not, they would have had to basically invalidate Obamacare and say it's got to go back to Congress and it's got to start in the House since it's a bill for raising revenue, since it's a tax bill. That did not happen because we're 0 for 3 at the federal level. In other words, neither the executive branch, the presidency, neither the legislative branch, 
House of Representatives and the Senate, and neither, neither the judicial branch Supreme Court respects the Constitution in its original intent as the highest law of the land. So the Republicans go on, they go on this magical mystery tour since 2011, saying that they're the opposition party. The Supreme Court waves that magic wand then, they wave the magic wand on June 28th, 2012, and then lo and behold then, presidential candidate, Republican presidential candidate, Mitt, uh, excuse me, uh, Willard, Mitt Romney, says we're going to repeal and replace it, that and replace stuff has stuck. Fast forward to today, President Donald J. Trump in office now, about seven months, and Obamacare is uh, still law of the land. A lot of smoke and mirrors, but it comes down to this. Uh, the Republicans have lied to you. The Democrats have lied to you. If you remember, if you were listening previously on the show, one of the two of the most egregious lies shared by President Obama was that uh, when Obamacare passed, it would cost less than your cell phone bill, and uh, he said you'd be able to keep your doctor. Both colossal lies. When the government gets more involved in the market, we pay more and get less. Obamacare, designed on record, is designed to fail. It was written by the insurance companies. Some insurance companies are making more money. Uh, eventually, there will be one company, and then there will be none. It will be the government, unless we the people stop it. It's very clear what their plan is. And sad to say, the state gets more power. It's like you flip a coin with someone, and you say, heads I win, tails you lose. The federal government plays this coin of the two-card system, <laughs> of the two-party system. They tell the people, heads I win, tails you lose. In other words, doesn't matter who wins. The state gets more power, and they continue to, piece by piece, point by point, line by line, just take apart and take away our individual liberties. When, as Dr. Brand said, the purpose of, legitimate gov- of a legitimate government is to protect the individual's liberties. But that was, uh, we're not following, we're not following what the purpose of a legitimate government is. We haven't, we haven't in this country for some time. You've been listening to the KRP radio show. I hope uh, you did see that the reason Obamacare is not repealed, there was no clean repeal, and there won't be, is because the Republicans in the majority sense in power are complete and total liars. I hope the American public sees that. I hope Republicans see that. I hope Democrats, Democratic voters see that. I hope independents see that. Because once we realize that the paradigm is fake, then we could get a paradigm shift. Then we could start we could start changing things. But we have to stop playing their game. We have to stop letting them give us false choices. You've been listening to the KRP radio show. Thanks again to Pudgy Miller for letting me use his platform. I hope to be back with you next month. Last Friday of the month in August is Friday August 25th. Thanks again for listening to the KIRP radio show. Have a good night. KIRP radio!